No matter who you are, where you are, or what you celebrate, it's only one thing I have to say this holiday season. Hen... Shin... Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. And you are here with uh, Copyright My Slate Night, which is our holiday-themed set of bonus episodes for the month of December. And with me right now is uh, Brian. And hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What was the name of that theme again? Uh, which theme? Uh, the Come on Ride My Slate Night. Yeah, Come and Ride My Slate Night. I love all the puns you do with this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we wanted to do something for the holidays with, like, um just it's kind of a i'm not sure if you noticed but a bad year for most people so we want to do something special well i i think this will fit everybody's bill and um now brian um you also have like your own like show right uh yeah yeah i'm getting off the ground i'm not quite as veteran as you are here with uh, over a year worth of materials but i got a i got a couple i got a couple episodes out of mine yes yes i do i do one called tv trivia pod where uh i come up with questions based on a season and a certain number of episodes uh and then i have people come on and answer questions so right now i'm i've covered the op- part of the office rick and morty and the boys well that's really cool like that's a lot of work to make like some trivia like from a show because like like for the show are you having people who've watched it do it or people who haven't like do it like is it like what have you osmosis or what might you remember or like is it like watch this the cup do trivia I mean, I think the best people are the ones that do watch it almost the day of. So well ahead of time, I'll be like, hey, you're doing uh, season five of The Office episodes one to five. And then, you know, a lot. You you mentioned how it being a lot of work. Like I was on a podcast recently called uh, Let's Start a Cult. And uh, that guy had just done tons of research, had a lot of papers out he was looking at. And, uh, you know, he, he knew what he was talking about. And comparatively i just have to watch tv and come up with questions that happen in the episode mm-hmm. yeah well um i would have to wonder um before we get into this show just like yes no um could you make a good trivia out of what we watched today <laughs> oh man i mean like we, we there's always like start with the easy questions maybe like how many people are involved in the superhuman uh, samurai cyber squad samurai cyber squad yes yes uh that uh you know um what does the villain kid wear you know what's his uh hit what's his outfit you know for some reason he's all black you know and then we could do tougher questions like what was uh you know we we see the main guy break into his girlfriend's locker for a present i could ask what was that locker combination okay there you go you know, so, you know, the, the questions range, range from easy to hard. I, I try and give uh, everybody a chance at at least some of them. But uh, but again, the locker combination one, you're not going to know that without like just watching that recently. No. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I have a good time doing it. And, uh, you know, I I think the the guests do, too. I mean, uh, it's it's like reliving the favorite parts of your favorite shows, you know, so I think it's a good time. So. 
Um, we are a show about Toku or Tokusatsu, and um, what that is, it's, a, it's like live action special effects is like the best definition. So you have stuff like Power Rangers, Godzilla. Um, like we even like will like kind of be like RoboCop fits in there, or something like the Mandalorian kind of fits in there, and like it like really depends. Just like um, but like what's kind of your experience with like that kind of stuff in like TV and movies, like that like genre of like stuff. Live action special effects. So first off, I have to ask, how does that differ from, I don't know, like what we see in uh, superhero movies or John Wick? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a tricky question. But for me, um, it's very often like um, there is like a focus on like the stunt work itself in a way that like isn't in something like a Marvel movie, like in a Marvel movie, for example, they're constantly trying to make you believe that what you're seeing is real versus I don't think there's that like it's kind of that like practical effect thing where here's something that isn't trying to look real or like blend into the environment. Here's something that is trying to stand out and seem like it's in like its own like space within like the world and like its own kind of like dimension almost like it's like a different art style in the world versus how like a lot of like CG stuff tries to fit in mm, as far as like john wick i think it tends to be a little that's more realistic versus like we kind of call toku like a bit like a live action anime where like john wick is like a little more grounded in that way but it's definitely like trending there like i think it, that would be more like a filming style and like the kind of action and like it has kind of question okay so we're talking about maybe movies like jet lee's hero where you know it it is live action and stuff but when you punch a guy he's flying like you know, a little excessive distances. There's definitely some overlap with like a lot of like Wuxia stuff and like Wirefu stuff. Um, there tends to be like a little less reality to it, I think. Like, hence stuff like Godzilla and Power Rangers, though. So it's like, yeah, okay. it's like tends to be like a little more outside of like what's real, even. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I will say, I, I mean, just based on the examples you gave, I, I did watch, you know, Power Rangers as a kid, but I am a huge Godzilla fan. Love Godzilla. Again, uh, grew up with a lot of those original movies, had a couple of action figures, Godzilla, King Kandora, Space Godzilla, and uh, will 100% keep on going to theaters as long as they keep on making Godzilla movies. Oh, yeah. Um, which of the movies would you say is your favorite of the ones you've seen from Godzilla? The ones I've seen. Oof. Uh, man, the, the first one was a, a little... Uh, Almost a little darker, you know, uh, at that point, Godzilla is still the bad guy, I mm -hmm. guess. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we get to him being a, a good guy pretty quick. Um, you know, I, I think I think Shin Godzilla is the first foreign movie I saw in theaters. I'm, I'm a fan of foreign films and stuff. There's a lot of good stuff out there. But I think Shin Godzilla was the first one I saw in theaters. And I thought that was an interesting take. That was cool that Japan was trying to reboot Godzilla there. Um, not a crazy fan of both the American ones right now. I thought I, I I'll still go see them a hundred percent, but uh, can't say that they were my favorite. But there's one with like a lobster monster that I remember specifically. There's a boat in the water. The water around it starts to boil a little bit, and yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's I, like a '60s one. I think that's like a mid '60s like weird like not quite a hero godzilla but like not like a villain anymore godzilla kind of thing right yeah i i i always remember that one sticking out to me one that really sticks out to me is um 
Godzilla versus Biolanti, who's the gigantic rose monster. Yeah. That has like vines and like stabs through Godzilla's hand at one point. Sure. That was yeah. always cool as hell to me. It's been forever, but like that's the one where like if I had to watch one, I'd be like, oh, like let's watch the one of like a girl whose soul becomes one with a rose in Godzilla's DNA and becomes a giant monster or whatever that show's about. <laughs> that was an intimidating toy as well. That was a very large toy cons- compared to Godzilla there. Yeah, and like um, that like mid-80s, like mid-90s, like let's just have a lot of detail and make this like really involved and really intricate stuff is my favorite. That's like such great designs and everything. <laughs> Uh, I, I I will always be a fan of Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so this definitely has a lower budget, lower level. But um, this show, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, um, was one of the in the wake of Power Rangers, like 90s American Tokyo shows that came out. Um, it's maybe like mid level, mid budget. It was more popular than some. Um, it's there are definitely ones that are lower quality <laughs> in their execution. That is hard to believe. Uh, I'm just going to send you a picture real quick. Uh, if you want to check in our chat okay. of the tattoo teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This came on TV. Yes. Oh, man. Can you, can you describe what I just sent you? Uh, first off, are those teenage? Are those supposed to be teenagers? They look full on adults there. It's definitely the BDSM element that makes them look adults, I think. <laughs> uh, this show is explicit, by the way, so feel free to expand on that. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, uh, the guys are, you know, what? I mean, not the Everybody is wearing skin-tight, uh, leatherly, leather-looking material, although different colors. Uh, their masks remind me of the face part of Halloween with the eyes cut out. Yeah, yeah. They definitely have like a Michael Myers kind of thing going on. Um, here's the thing. There's like a like larger black eyed yellow in the back that kind of looks like he's like a weird like half the T one thousand, half Homer Simpson thing going on. Okay, and I can see that. The one in black just looks like he's full BDSM. The one like um in blue looks like she's like entirely just been dipped in wax. I haven't looked at the show. I might have to now after like comparing this, but the one in purple with the blonde curly hair just looks like she's like a Joker fight, like one of like Joker's like minions or something. It's very strange. But yeah, it is. Oh. They are. I can't believe those are heroes. You know, it's it's yeah. weird that the masks are all one color except for the nose and mouth parts, which are just a, like a circle cut out and painted silver for everybody. These do not look like heroes. No, you're right. Um, I wouldn't know which way to run between villains and these guys coming opposite directions. Well, like this is one of this was a show that didn't use Japanese footage from like a Japanese show. So they just like did it on their own budget. And yeah, it didn't work out for them. <laughs> I, I don't think like you're not hearing oh, much about them now. But gosh. Um, worth noting, though, is that um, the show that we looked at, um, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad is. Have you heard of Ultraman? Yes, I don't think I've any. I've. I don't know if I've seen any of his material though. Ultraman is the longest running TV Toku franchise. It's basically like um, a giant of light shows up and kind of fuses with somebody, and they like are the host of him as like various sci-fi things happen to the world. It's like 
very Doctor Who, I'd say, as far as like Toku series go. It's much more like, oh, like here's this version, like here's this thing. It's not the same character the way that like Doctor Who is, but it's still like here's like another happenstance of like this weird sci-fi. Um the thing there is that um that's like a genre of heroes where like they don't really have like a combat form. They just kind of like transform into like a giant of like light versus like that. So um Gridman was that company trying to do something outside of that franchise, but still in that Gridman? mold. Gridman. What? Yes, you might have seen the anime for Gridman last year. Uh, I did. I did not. I didn't notice that. Oh, so um, had you heard of Gridman or? I've never heard of Gridman before. This make this sounds made up, but of course, so does tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Well, Gridman was meant to be like Ultraman, but in cyberspace. Um, and that's what they used for Superhuman Samurai Squad. And it's it's definitely a look. Uh, but um, before I forget, um, the whole conceit of this is is uh, me asking you a little bit about yourself. And what do you do for the holidays? What do I do for the holidays? Uh, oof, not not a ton. I, I do, uh, you know, live by myself. Got a got a job, you know, away from the parents but uh but i guess i'm i'm a teacher so i get you know that whole christmas break thing so i, I don't spend like a ton of time decorating my house because i'm gone for all of christmas so you know uh i i love christmas music uh that's that's up there on the list um i, I want to say i do a ton of special things uh one thing my family likes to do is watch scrooged uh the day before yeah i think uh i think that's the only uh, Christmassy tradition, maybe, I can think of right now. Oh, and we eat uh, pizza on Christmas Eve. That's good, yeah. I um, am not a religious person, and like I've never, been, I've never really been like a holiday person, but like, um, it definitely feels like the kind of thing where I just like want to hear from people, especially now, like once again, like we're in the middle of a, a like massive pandemic. It's a bad time, so like I like want to like hear like what people do. Um. For me, I'm just trying to like look at more movies and that kind of stuff, and like, of course, like all these holiday specials. It's, like, oh, a that's lot of fun. That's a hundred percent on my list. Uh, I recently watched Die Hard uh, for a potential podcast thing. Uh, that one was called a uh, Domestic Debates to argue whether Die Hard was a Christmas movie or not. I think that's clear. They uh, do Christmas stuff. They like uh, uh, meet uh, deck the halls. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have to say that with certainty, it is a Christmas movie. And I and I wanted to say it wasn't, you know, like I saw it once when I was like in high school, maybe college. And that part just did not stick out out to me. I remember uh, Snape being the bad guy. I remember the tall building, the explosions, the guns, the Christmas stuff did not stick. But I watched it again. And, you know, sure, it's during a Christmas party, but. There are a bunch of Christmas themes throughout. No, yeah, totally. So what I what I, I try to come up with, you know, like a, a thing that says a, a, a template. This is what you need to be a Christmas movie. And it's either A or B. A, the plot revolves around a Christmas character, like the pl- plot revolves around Santa or Buddy the Elf or something. Or B, it has to be a movie that just heavily, uh, you know, I, I guess like celebrates Christmas, I guess, or has Christmas material in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like we know, we know that Frozen's not a Christmas movie, but 
we know that Home Alone is. I don't think anyone would argue that Home Alone is not a Christmas movie. No, yeah. Um, for me, it's stuff like Harold and Kumar's like Christmas, where it's like, oh, this <laughs> isn't about Christmas. It just takes place during Christmas. That's enough for me. Well, that's enough like reason, you know. And that's kind of how like, I am of Toku sometimes. Like stuff like The Mandalorian's not Toku, but it, it feels like it, or it's like fun to talk about. So we'll just like pretend it is kind of thing. So it works. It works. <laughs> But uh, my argument came down to that if you think Home Alone is a Christmas movie, you have to think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because Home Alone really has nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, it takes place during Christmas and Christmas houses, Christmas traps. Listen, it, it does. But again, like the plot doesn't necessarily it doesn't need Christmas. There are Home Alone movies that take place not on Christmas, you know, and like Christmas scenery isn't even heavily shown it's snowing but he visits santa briefly um you know I, I i guess there's a couple one of the bad guys steps on an ornament but there is a ton more christmas themed things in die hard than there is in home alone well i think um like magical scary old people that help you not get killed is is like a theme of christmas and like i think that <laughs> does like, like kind of persist in home alone and that's not in die hard and that was in the Bible, I think, old person comes out with a bunch of pigeons and attacks like some bandits. That's the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I remember reading that part. Or Ruinscape. I'm not sure. Like I was like aware of both <laughs> at the same time in my life. So. <laughs> <But no. laughs> Uh, before we should forget, uh, we should um like switch over to what we looked at today, which is um episode thirty eight of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Don't reboot till Christmas. So today we looked at episode 38 of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Don't reboot till Christmas. My first thought, or do not reboot till Christmas. I keep thinking it's like a Beasties Boys song. And it's like, don't reboot till Christmas. But it's not. That is sadly not the case. I can hear it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, broad level, what was your experience watching this show? Your kind of reaction to this show, Brian? Wow. First off, that, again, opening monologue was just a just. You know, uh, yeah, I guess unnecessary is the word for it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, if if I liked Power Rangers, then of course I would like this growing up. You know, uh, I, I wonder what it, I haven't revisited Power Rangers in a really long time. But uh, the two are, you know, I think basically interchangeable. Well, they're both trying to be that like high school, like california like vibe that was like very at the time because like what i learned at like one point in school was that like the reason for that was there was lots of jobs like coming into like like into california lots of people moving there at the time so it like that at least made like sense to me that like it was just kind of like the zeitgeist of the time was like let's all be in california like the world's in california because huh, for like, a lot of people it felt like it was i guess now if this stuff is based off uh, or has Japanese or anime roots, you know, I know tons of animes that, again, take place from high schoolers, you know, young teenagers. Yeah, totally. Um, 
it's definitely like the kind of thing where they just kind of like hope nobody notices like some of the roofs or the buildings or like Tokyo Tower when they like are doing a lot of their stuff. And I think in that way, like the the show they use Gridman just being in like a cool like cyberpunk like wireframe place helped even more because none of their footage looks like Japan. <laughs> it's probably really good for them, you know? Uh, you know, I didn't know go- until you said it here that, you know, I, I figured they filmed everything. I-, I didn't know that they just took what the Japanese already had and then put it in, spliced it in with their American cuts. Yeah, no, um, that's the case. Um, like the show. So Power Rangers is based off of that first like series of Power Rangers based off of three different Japanese shows. So like. In season two of Power, for example, they're out of footage for like all of the the action, so they're just using one shows like um new like new Zords like new robots, and they're like filming entirely stuff on their own. But before that, it was just like three minutes of them being like, "Oh, it's it's like an international food festival," and then like cutting to them dubbing over some footage from Japan. Versus like this show, I think is kind of in that mold where like all of their action is very much like from the from that Japanese show. Wow, I 100% need to go back and rewatch these now and see if I pick up on any of this. It is very clear, <laughs> I think. I mean, I mean, uh, I was, I guess I was rewatching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! with uh, some college friends of mine. We had just finished Pokemon, we were doing Yu-Gi-Oh! And, uh, you know, there's a scene where, again, this giant organization is after these high school kids. And apparently in, like, American TV or something they couldn't be shown holding guns or something, so they made gun, uh, you know, with their fingers. They bust into a room <laughs> with gun fingers. I'm like, what? How did I not notice this before? <laughs> well, one more thing about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, you know that in the Japanese show, there wasn't a Shadow Realm. They just died, right? Uh, no. No, I did not know that. Yeah, they were just threatening death, not the Shadow Realm. Wait, so where did his uncle go? He died. Whoa! Like, and did they bring the same, him back? Yeah, they like had his soul in a car. Like, like, it wasn't like his soul went to the Shadow Realm. It was like, oh, he's dead. We're bringing him back to life versus this other like third-party hell or whatever they had. I don't know. Interesting. What, what happens with all... Oh, there was that one scene area where they fight in the Shadow Realm or something, and then like Joey's in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so obvious now. And also there's stuff like in Power Rangers, for example, like the Green Ranger dies. He doesn't like lose his powers and that kind of stuff. Or like the White Rangers from like a different show. They had to like all the footage of the White Ranger with like the original five Power Rangers is like filmed for that show versus like before it wasn't. So it's like very interesting, like just like logistically. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, I have to say, if we're talking about splicing things together, though, have you ever seen a movie called Kung Pao? Yes, that's the uh, like really famous for that. Oh, my gosh, that is. I just think that movie is so funny. No, yeah. And um, this is definitely like uh, like something that kind of made that happen, because like you can tell in some shows like very clearly or like some movies like the dubbing, that kind of stuff. This show mm-hmm. actually, I think, does a pretty good job at like making the footage look like it's organically part of it compared to some sure sure i mean it helps the masks the everything helps with not actually having to see their mouths move no yeah um 
as we mentioned with um the tattooed alien fighters from Beverly Hills, don't have eyes or mouths and you look so much better. Just have a whole helmet or a mask or something. But uh yeah, um this show opens with like his whole monologue phone call where we don't hear the other person on the phone at all. And then his like sister who's very clearly voiced by uh Phil and Lil from the Rugrats, like is talking to him like a like laundry shoot. Yeah, that was a whole weird situation. I didn't know what was going on there. Uh, and basically, Sam Collins, uh, who's Matthew Lawrence, who like is kind of a big actor for these shows. Honestly, the show the show has two big actors in it. I'd say him, Matthew Lawrence, because he's in like Boy Meets World as the older brother or like the friend. I think. Um, I don't know. I saw him in the opening credits, and the first thing I thought was this guy looks like a younger version. Could possibly be the actor that played Frank in Donnie Darko. I don't know. Um, I know he is in, in Boy Meets World, though. Okay, yeah, I did look him up. He's not the guy from Donnie Darko, but wow, that that look is the same, and I, I was blown away. He has the same smile, and oh man, it it was it was it was weird. And also, um, the other name, the bigger name, and also the best part of the cast has to be Tim Curry as Kilobyte, the villain. Unbelievable. He's great. Yeah, 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 he's great, but how did they land him? I mean, how much work is it for the buddy, you know? Sure, I mean, I guess it's not work, but, uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's nothing, but, man, I mean, this guy, I feel like Tim Curry was probably on the top of his game around that period. I mean, yeah, he'd been it, he'd been, like, um, in Home Alone 2, um, he... This is a pretty easy paycheck, though. Like, I'm sure like, he was like doing lots of stuff, which is like doing like the show ran for 53 episodes till they ran out of footage from Japan. So that's a good amount of like time for what amounts to like maybe an hour, two hours of work per episode. You know, that's not too I, bad. I guess I guess that works out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just couldn't believe I got Tim Curry. One thing I do love about these shows is like um, they keep Santa like. I'm not sure if like you're like a wrestling fan, but there's this term called kayfabe. Uh, I'm not I'm not familiar with anything wrestling related. Okay, so kayfabe is kind of like this weird term for like the reality. So like wrestle everything that happens in wrestling is real in the reality of kayfabe, basically. Even if it's not like real, like there's a difference between like if somebody gets hurt in a match versus when somebody actually gets hurt. Like it's like oh, was this like a scripted? you hit the ground wrong and now the like doctors at you or is it unscripted okay and like um what they do here is like they're like oh like look at these cool teens like hanging out in like a 90s school but they still all believe in santa like that's like it's like oh yeah also this part of reality like they're not they're not going to spoil santa which is like a very fun thing too like yeah that that was that whole thing was a little bizarre with the one guy thinking that was in high school, thinking that was the real Santa and his friend saying, don't be an idiot. That's not the real Santa. He doesn't get here until Christmas Eve. Exactly. <laughs> and like all the characters are a lot. There's like a his friends, like the jock, the cyber girl, the weird guy. There's the hot girl girlfriend or whatever, like Jen. Uh, they're all very they're all very basic, but like it's like very of the time. I and like the, the villain. villain, though. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Where did that accent come from? Malcolm Frank. He's just so upset about being around people. He's like, I hate you. And da, da, da. Just 
he works. He has a lot to do on his own. Like he gets his own monologue basically when he's talking to like Kilobyte. Um, sure. And he's just kind of like he just like left alone for like five minutes in front of a camera, basically at a computer. Oh man, it was just that whole. Uh, he has this weird uh, James Bond villain accent, and mm-hmm. it just came out of nowhere for a whole bunch of high schoolers in California. It's actually kind of funny because, like, he has a plan, and like, we get a cliffhanger for the plan. It's episode two. Where they're gonna track down like where, like, like the computer where the good guys are like based out of, and like destroy that to like destroy their powers. Which it's cool. It's also like, oh wow, this is like also the thirty eighth episode of a fifty three episode show. So I guess like they're going into like an arc of like trying to find them, like an end arc after this. It's a very like weird placement. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, first off, I thought it was, uh, oh, wow, you guys probably should have done this a long time ago. That's a, that's a yeah. really good idea. But uh, why, in the end, did their plan work, but it only gave them the roundabout location? Like, with here, he's in the area. He's in a 10-mile radius, you know? I feel like that should have pinned him. No, yeah, there's still, like, or, like, 15 more episodes, so I guess at least, like, 12 of them are, like, searching, but... Like, it's not like Power Rangers, though, because in Power Rangers, um, the monsters always show up in their town. In this case, just, like, in cyberspace. So I guess, like, there's nothing geographic that would let them know where they're based. So it, it makes a little more sense they can't find them yet. All right. All right. I, I have to wonder if that's a reason as well that this maybe didn't hit as home as Power Rangers. You know, uh, I, I can see, I can, as a kid, I can imagine something ta- taking place in my town. As a kid, I cannot imagine a fight happening in my computer. Well, also, the fight happens because they hack into the Christmas presents that aren't computers, <laughs> and they're going to blow up and destroy the school in four minutes. Yeah, these 90s toys are not technologically advanced. <laughs> it's very good. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah I, uh, the, the most complex thing I can think of is maybe my laser gun that sounded like an annoying alarm that wouldn't turn off, and if you were to hack that, then I would probably just break it because I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, like, I don't know what they're hacking in there. And it's just like very much like we don't know how computers works. We could hack. But um, one thing I want to note, too, is that um, there's a scene where Sam shows up to school with a Christmas hat with like mistletoe on it. And mm-hmm, everybody mm-hmm. wants to kiss him. The, the girl he likes, the girl in his group, his one weird friend. And they all come in to kiss him. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's his, a vibe. His girlfriend took that in stride. Like, uh, the girl he cares about, but also, like, his girl in the friend group, just all good with it. Yeah, yep, and uh, everybody's cool with it. Like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I guess take what you can get. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, they're not really weird about their friends, like, trying to kiss them, too. It's a very, uh... Yeah, sure, I mean, as long as you don't, as long as, you know, as the girlfriend said, the only thing she's gonna be mad about is if he sees her present. You know, but if a whole yeah. bunch of other people kiss you, go for it. Because, like, the plot of the episode is he steals a present to look inside and has to pretend it's, like, being donated. So they get burglar gear, break into the school, <laughs> and get caught, and then convince them that it's all a misunderstanding. But then the school's going to lo- kind of blow up from the present. Mm-hmm. Is that what was going to happen? The school's going to blow up? Yeah, they said they had four minutes till, till the presents being hacked made the school blow up. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, it's worth noting though that um, the whole fight 
I actually really liked the fight just as far as like how acrobatic they were. Like that giant like suit for like the like enemy monster was like doing rolls on the ground and flips and stuff. Like, that's that's good for you, dude. Like whoever in that suit doing like rolls on the ground with like a massive like rubber suit on. That has to be <laughs> difficult. Like I feel like I remember maybe somewhere hearing that the original Godzilla costume weighed like 80 pounds or something. Or and I'm sure they they made a lot of adjustments, uh, you know, as time went on here. But, you know, uh, that was a chonky suit. Yeah. And like the fight's also very involved for like how little they really like care about it. Like they just kind of like go into the computer and like like they have like a whole like samurai's phrase. And his jock friend goes in later to become like a big like dinosaur mech and like merge with him. Yeah, that and, whole like, thing was bizarre. Yeah, it looked like that. Let's, let's kick some gigabut, maybe. Is that it? That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, that I mean, it looks like when his friend came in that whatever he was fighting in was clearly the upgrade and probably should have been doing that the whole time. Yeah. And I liked it. Like they could just all jump at computers. <laughs> That's just what they do. Yep. Yep. But again, I guess my statement is also kind of pointless. You know, the whole time, why didn't you bring out the whole Ultra Zord from, to begin with? And then, you know, shoot him with the laser blast. You know, why did not we do that from the start? <sighs> yeah, that my logic is flawed. <laughs> well, like, um, so this is based off of the show Gridman. Gridman got an anime last year that was really popular, and it's getting a new one in April, I think. And like, I watched the most I've seen is the is the anime, which is actually very good. But in that, it's like, oh, we only have so much processing power, so we have to like be careful how much we use. So maybe that's it. Like, just like there wasn't actually a constraint in the show where it's like, oh, we have to go. We have four minutes. Might as well like mess around and get like beat up real quick for like three of them. <laughs> that's just uh, that's drama. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's interesting. You know, I I mean, I haven't. I I've, I I think I've seen a handful of uh, animes, and all the ones I've seen are uh, probably some of the most you know intelligently written things I have ever seen. You know, um, that that Death Note had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. I, I couldn't believe the people who wrote that story, and uh, you know, right. Right now, uh, Attack on Titan season four just began, and you know, uh, they that those seasons just got better and better. It was unbelievable. I, I have, yeah, yes, these people that are writing animes know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that this does not have that level of care, so I'm wondering, how would you say, like, um, what do you think, like? <laughs> Where would you rank this show as far as something like that you might watch on like the holidays or like this holiday special? Like don't reboot till Christmas. Uh, I mean, this the only time I would possibly watch this is if I'm with my friends and we are doing a, a drinking game. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, every time there's a, a really bad pun or something that I, I don't understand, like how Cyber Girl goes onto her computer to figure out an algorithm that unlocks that exact lock that he's trying to get into. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff like that, where it's like, I'm going to hack her lock. What just happened there? They could do whatever. Like, you can hack a metal lock. You could hack presents to make them blow up to school. Yep. People think the lunch lady's Santa. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, it's a, like... Rich and beautiful world of contrast, much like our own America in Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. 
that that's what it was. That's what it was that drew me to this. This is just yeah. an exact replica of how I see America, I guess. And uh, I just think it really captured some of the themes really well. And their whole sidebar on like police brutality, I thought was really well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I think they covered that really well. Yeah. Um, I think we have maybe uh, milked what is one episode of a 1990s like kids TV show as far as we can right now. So uh, where can people find you when you're not talking about um, Choku, Brian? <laughs> well, uh, I, I do have a bunch of personal accounts, but they're not worth following. Uh, it's the it's the <laughs> podcast stuff that uh, that I really want to get out there. I have a podcast called TV Trivia Pod. It's questions about TV trivia. Uh, again, as long as you watch the shows, you can play along. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TV Trivia Pod. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I have a... So I release uh, 20 questions on an episode uh, every week. And I have a, a Patreon page, patreon.com slash TV Trivia Pod, where I release uh, bonus episodes after every single free episode with uh, bonus questions as well. So... Just uh, just questions galore here at a uh, TV trivia pod. Do those questions get released so people can like follow along and try and do it on their own? Or uh, I, I mean, I release the episode, but uh, uh, I, I don't really. Uh, I guess that makes well, sense. You ask the question before you give the answer. That's already there. I don't know why I would say that, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I do a little like I do a social plat- media platform preview. I guess I release three questions that I'm going to be asking. Okay. And so uh so you can get a little hint at what's coming. That sounds really cool. And um once it's not the holidays, like I would like I would really love to do more of that too. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, I would love to have you on sometime. Yeah, totally. Uh like always, um for fans of the show, I tend to overbook a little bit, so <laughs> let's wait till January for that. But sounds good. Oh, <laughs> You can find me um, on Twitter.com at James Ford. You can find the podcast at Come and Ride With Me. Come Ride With Me on Instagram, ComeRideWithMe.com. And now on ComeRideWithMe.com, you can find every single episode by going to ComeRideWithMe.com slash episodes. And you can also find um, our merch at ComeRideWithMe.com slash merch. All of our merch from now until January 8th is going direct towards eviction defense funds, which means that like small and local groups like... Um, as need kind of is at once we get into the new year and there's lots of people who are at risk, they'll get that money and um, had like a couple orders so far. And we're very grateful for that. Um, and we like really do want to help people out. So, yeah. Wow. You have your own website and merch. Yeah. The merch is a lot of fun. Uh, right now, like I have a copyright with me mug that actually like turned out really, really great. Honestly, like it's like perfectly fits. Wow, that is classy. Oh, thank you. And uh, one question we ask is, uh, what's the lesson that we've learned from what we've watched today? Uh, you know, just about, you know, America or... Anything. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally. what, did, what did I learn? Uh, don't go peeking for Christmas, for Christmas presents? So uh, watch Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad and don't go peeking for Christmas presents? Yeah, yeah, that it sounds like that can only lead to your computer getting or your toys getting hacked. And uh, yeah, watch Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad 
and don't go looking for presents or peeking or else your toys will get hacked. And uh, what's the anagram for that? Like the front letters again? <laughs> I, it's it's just SSSS, right? Okay, there you go. A good one, yeah. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad? And watch your presents get hacked or <laughs> just gonna add those in. Oh, but no, thank you, Brad. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, I'm looking at your merch right now, too. Can't believe you have your own mask. Yeah, um, like those as well. Um, when we are not giving money to like eviction defense, like those do go direct to charity too. There's like certain items like that. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Oh man, thanks so much for having me on. This was a blast. <laughs>